This is episode 172 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we have another inspiration story for you. And we talked to Susan. She shared her story and her journey with her type A successful everywhere personality, except one area with food and her body. Stay tuned. My name is Stephanie Dodier, clinical nutritionist. I reversed my diagnosis of anxiety, depression, adrenal fatigue, and obesity by going beyond the food. I can tell you one thing, that willpower, discipline, and deprivation aren't the permanent solution to transforming your relationship to food. So how do you leave overeating, emotional eating, food craving, and binging behind you so you have the food freedom to achieve all of your goal and be happy now? As a top 25 alternative health podcast in the world, this is the Beyond the Food Show. This is a great moment. I wouldn't be any happier right now if I was skinnier, if my body looked different. It's truly been a beautiful process. This has been life-changing, and I am really grateful that I didn't wait another year. If you think that you're gonna come into this and lose 20 pounds and eat perfectly for the rest of your life, then it's the wrong thing. But if you think you're gonna come into this and have a life-changing experience, then it's worth every penny and more. The Going Beyond the Food Academy is the result of a lifelong journey in searching for my solution. All along, the solution was right there in front of me. And it's also right there for you, inside of you. You just want to eat normally, have a normal body, perhaps weigh less. You're looking for the solution to eat less, stop overeating, perhaps binging, maybe stop the endless desire to eat what is forbidden the sugar craving and you keep searching searching for the answer as to why your body doesn't want to collaborate with you and you've tried it all willpower discipline mental strength over exercising all the diet while shaming yourself and your body in hope that it would give you what you so desperately desire what I desired the most I thought was weight loss but really what I wanted was to fit in to be accepted, to be loved, to be happy unconditionally. What I didn't realize during the 25 years of dieting was that suffering was not necessary. That the answer was right there inside of me. But I refused to see it and accept it because it didn't fit with what I was told the solution was. The Going to Beyond the Food Academy is a 14-week journey towards creating and discovering your own solution. Think of it as the university-level course that will teach you what you need to know to finally get what you desire the most. The Going Beyond the Food Academy is a lifetime program that will show you what you need to heal why you eat because that's the real issue and will teach you a new way of engaging with food from a place of intuition resulting in a brand new way of how to eat. The outcome of the Going Beyond the Food Academy is what you eat becomes normal, easy and simple. Ditching dieting and becoming a normal eater. 
So if you're ready to step into a new version of yourself, be empowered by me as your teacher in our amazing community to make the change you know you need to make. Head over to stephaniedolzie.com slash academy right now. So the academy has helped me figure out, like you said, feel it, don't fight it. Actually know that if I feel my feelings, I'm going to survive. It's going to be okay. I can sit with those and nothing bad is going to happen to me. Ladies, welcome back. And this is a bonus episode. This is to continue on our Undiet 2019 initiative that we did in December. And now in January, it's all about inspiring you and your journey. And through those She Share Her Story podcast episode, I want to show you that transformation is possible. No matter where you come from, no matter how big you think the challenges or how unfortunately broken we feel, transformation is possible. And for me and most of my students, inspiration comes from hearing other people's story. And today's Susan's story is a journey in being successful everywhere, in our career, in our family, in our relationship, yet feeling like a total failure when it comes to our body, through our weight, through our behavior with food. And this is a very common personality type in our program. And through Susan's journey. And probably for those of you who recognize yourself in this journey, you will see how this success everywhere else is actually creating our quote failure when it comes to our body and to our weight. And the healing process is so simple and sometimes too simple for us to even believe that it is possible. So that's the inspiration story for today. And I want to also bring your awareness that the program that you're going to hear Susan share her story from the Beyond the Food Academy, we are currently open for registration. As of today, the day that we released this podcast, January 10th, the Academy is open for registration for the next 15 days, two weeks until January 27th, we close and then we start with our next group of students. If you've been considering it, it's obviously time to go register. And if you are hesitant or have questions, we do have an information session, January the 15th. You'll need to register for that because we need to send you a link to attend this virtual open house slash information session. It's going to be with me. You'll be able to hear me briefly talk about the academy, the curriculum, the program. And then there's this huge space at the end for you to just raise your hand and ask questions directly to me. If you want to register, you go on my website, stephaniedozier.com slash open house. 
We also have our monthly live training session that occurs on January 22nd. This is a brand new live workshop. The title of it is Smart Women Don't Diet. They do this instead. The subtitle is, it's not about what, how, or when we eat, rather why we urge to eat. And I want through this workshop to demonstrate to you how you can be confident in your body right now without having to lose anything. So if you want to attend this, this is totally free. This is the once a month workshop that we do. StephanieDozy.com slash workshop. And again, all you need to give me is your first name and your email address. You'll receive a link and then you'll attend the workshop with me. So are you ready to be inspired by Susan and her story about going beyond the food? If so, let's do this. Welcome Susan to the show. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be asked to be on here. I'm excited to have you here to share your story and also to use your story as a mean of inspiring other successful women, women that are successful in most part of their life, but that are challenged in that place of their body in their relationship to food. And they're probably sitting listening to the podcast right now or watching it on YouTube and saying like, I've tried everything and nothing works. And we know that you've been there and you'll share that with the audience, but that's who I want to get this message. Like people that are self label as type A ladies, right? Type A women overachiever. So can you share with the listener who Susan is like in life, who she is? Well, I'm a woman who probably wears the same mask that a lot of other people do. So I am self-labeled as an achiever. I work really hard at my job. I'm super productive. And I think that people, if they were to describe me, would say that I'm really honest and I'm probably a woman of integrity. And I work hard to please other people and do an outstanding job. And excellence has always been like a cornerstone for me. So I, I never wanted to represent less than excellence, whether it was my organizations or my family's endeavors, just anything that I do, I want to do it with excellence. And it's a hard driver too. Mm -hmm. So it drives everything. And I'm an entrepreneur. I've had three companies and I've had, you know, one that failed. I learned a lot from that. I've had one that I sold that was successful. And I just started one kind of in the midst of the last couple of years. And I also work at the university and I'm the director of a leadership program. So I work with a lot of high achieving students and they're definitely a younger version of my own mindset. And so I'm kind of surrounded by many me's in a way. And I really love this job. This job is amazing, but I'm a go, go, go person. And you have a successful family, you have children, you have a long relationship with your husband, married for a long time, you're a Christian leader as well. Yes. Like you're forgetting pieces, but everywhere <laughs> you're in a leadership position. Yeah, it's kind of a common theme. I'm kind of the same person, no matter where I'm at in my life. So 
we met a year and three months ago when we were talking to prepare for this interview. You met me through the podcast. But if you were to paint a picture of your life, let's say two years ago before we met, like your health, your relationship to food, your body, your mindset, where were you in that part of your life? Okay, so I've had ups and downs on this for a very, very long time. I, I'm 51. And I can remember struggling with weight as early as six years old. So there have been peaks and valleys on this journey. And I would say that there's been a few times that have been dark times. And when I ran across your podcast, I was in a dark time. I would really rate that up there as probably the highest. I had had a hysterectomy a few months prior. My hormones are all completely out of whack. Uh, feeling kind of crazy and feeling like at any moment I'm going to lose it. The balance of what I could personally handle and then what I could present to the world was just at the tipping point. And I was just feeling like I couldn't quit striving mm -hmm. to find a solution but had no idea what to do. And I remember praying about it and saying, God, I feel like I'm paralyzed. I have no arms and I have no legs. And I could just picture myself as like a head and torso, but with no arms and legs anymore. Like I can't even move from this spot because I feel like I've tried everything I possibly know to do and nothing works and I'm in a downward spiral and I'm going to lose my shit. But, you know, I'm just going to lose it at any moment. And that's kind of where I was. I was looking for a keto solution because friends of mine were drinking some powder drink that was supposed to put you into ketosis quicker. And I've done the old Atkins from years ago. Everything gets recycled when you're this old. And I thought, well, okay, well, maybe this drink works, but I need to do it with the keto. So I was on a keto podcast. And you were the guest, you were a guest speaker. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like I would get chill bumps when different, certain things you would say would just click. And you were kind of in not opposition to the host, but you just kept trying to counterbalance the ideas. And I just was there thinking, oh my goodness. And I, you know, I had just prayed, I had no arms and no legs, but then I, Reach, I take it back for myself. I'm going to go find keto. I, that was literally like 20 minutes later. Then you're on this podcast. And then I'm thinking, I think I have maybe an answer, but I can't imagine this could work because then I started listening to your podcast. And I just felt like I was too far gone for your method to help me. And I didn't know what would work. I just didn't know that your stuff would work. It just seemed too, almost too good to be true. Even though I hadn't tried it, it just seemed like it couldn't work. It wasn't restrictive enough and it wasn't going to be enough rules for me because I was too far gone. I needed major intervention. So that was your ha ha moment. I just want to come back a little bit for people, for women listening. So you first were on the diet at six, you're 51 now. You were looking for a solution to change your body, lose weight, fix the binging. Like what was the, you were looking for the solution? Like what was the problem you were looking for a solution for? The only way I can describe it mm -hmm. is 
craziness in the head. Like, I felt like there was a committee that was meeting constantly in my head. And I could not adjourn the meeting. And in a single day, I would wake up and I was going to do low carb. Then at noon, I'd switch to Weight Watchers and start counting exchanges. And then I would be in the what the heck, I'll eat whatever I want, what I called intuitive eating, <laughs> in the evening. <laughs> and okay, that's one layer. That's like the, the simple stuff. That's the food. The worst part was the body shaming mm -hmm. and shaming myself. Because I, how could I be so successful in all these other areas of my life? And really deliver excellence. Seriously, I can say that I'm good at certain things. And then to have something so visible to the rest of the world, too. Like, I'm fat, and the world can see it. And it was just so shameful to me. And I'm just going to be brutally honest. Like, I think I'm a pretty humble person, really. I'm like, I'm pretty kind to other people. And I know this sounds a lot like I'm so concerned about the exterior but I don't know if it, the exterior caused the interior or the interior caused the exterior, but I just know that it was all not about how I was looking. It was about not having peace on the inside of me. I just was so fatigued and tired of striving. And so, yes, my food was out of whack. In a day, I would go from no carbs to all carbs. Of course, my body was doing this for years, decades. And I mean, I have done it all. So, you know, I'll go from starvation to binging. And I had a decade or so of, with bulimia issues. And when I walked away from that, I really said, okay, as long as I don't throw this up, it's a successful day. So, you know, I had about a decade of that. And then I had two decades of not throwing it up. And then just trying to do other stuff to manage. But it was just so physically, I think I was just fatigued too, mentally and physically, just tired of my body. And of course, I just had the hysterectomy. So yeah, my hormones were just like, wow, what in the world? And then I'm starting a new business and working a pretty demanding job anyways. So yeah, I was tired and run down and hopeless. You are the, what I describe often as the edge of the precipice, like your toes were on the side of the mountain and you were looking down. Yes. You heard me or you heard my philosophy. You moved on to the podcast and you saw a solution that you've never saw before or heard before. Did you have obstacles? So I'm thinking of the, the woman listening right now who's there, like she's been listening to podcasts. She's exactly like you, successful everywhere, but with weight and food and body and, and the head. What was the obstacle to like actually engage yourself in the process, commit and do the work and do the program? Like, did the, you have any obstacles? Yeah, the absolute biggest obstacle, hands down, was a firm belief that I was beyond repair. Hmm. I mentioned that at the beginning, but that is the hardest thing. It's, it's a mental barrier. And so, like I said about having no arms and no legs, like I just firmly believed that this would be another thing that would not work. So why attempt it? Hmm. 
Did you battle with that for a long time? A long time. Probably four months. Mm -hmm. Really having this all or nothing in and out attitude. I listened to every podcast. I read every email top to bottom. I did everything that I could do. But then <laughs> the other side of me didn't believe any of it would work. So how did you get yourself over that and committed and engaged and doing the work? Or what happened? I didn't have time, that's for sure. When I started this, I was opening a new business, had my full-time job, and was getting my master's degree at the same time. Then adding this on top of it. Probably the worst time like in my whole life to really do this. Yeah, so time was a barrier and an issue, but it was actually minor compared to the mental barrier of this isn't going to help anyways. Yeah. Thought, mentality. And I'd say the only, how did I get through it? I got through it because you were doing a Beyond the Food Academy registration and there was a limited time, which it's very important that you do it that way because it forced me to kind of come up to the starting gate, Yeah, I guess. And I just decided I've spent so much money in so many ways. Hmm. What does it matter if I spend a little bit more doing this? And if it doesn't work, at least it had that learner kind of feel to it with the academy. And then there's other women in there. And I was, I could tell from the podcast comments that they were a little bit like me because the same week I decided to do the going beyond the food academy, I was in a Weight Watchers meeting. I joined again and I sat in the meeting and I just thought to myself, I'm not like these other women. There's something wrong with me. Like they're getting it. They're getting something out of this and it's working for them. But I think I'm way more messed up. Now I know now that I'm not any more messed up, but I mean, at the time that's what was going through my mind. And I just needed, needed a group of people who the exchange program wasn't working for them either. Cause I really honestly felt like in that time I was the only woman in the room that was sitting there just thinking inside, I'm going to scream. I wanted to have like a moment, like in the middle of it, and just say, shut up. This, you know, I can't count another square. I can't have another app. I can't buy another frozen meal. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And where everybody else is getting their stickers and loving their stickers. And I'm thinking, if they give me another freaking sticker, I'm going to kill myself. Like, this is ridiculous, you know? So anyways, to answer your question, what got me over the hump? is why not try one more thing? Mm -hmm. And I had kind of a knowing that this is probably what I should do. Even though I didn't necessarily agree with it, I just kind of had a knowing about that. And I prayed also, and I firmly believe that when God is calling you to do something, he will redeem the time and he will make, make way for it. So he'll make a way for me to be more efficient as a wife and mother. He will make me a more efficient worker if this is what he wants me to do. So I just kind of said, all right, yeah. it's time to ante up. And am I going to do what I really believe and say? And so then I just registered and did it. That's pretty powerful stories. I'm going to keep you talking. So what happened? Give us like three to four specific example 
of things that have changed in your life after having learned or going to be on the food method and having done the work? Like what is the result that came out of that? Okay. So one thing's really, really simple. It probably will surprise you too, is that yoga is okay and meditation's okay. I had been taught in religious circles mm -hmm. that that was very bad. That meditation and yoga was centering on yourself and that that was, you know, sinful or that was selfish to focus on self and anything had to do with yourself was selfish. And what I was transforming almost immediately was when I could quiet my mind, then that was the key to adjourning the committee hmm. that I was talking about in my brain. That committee that just, you should do this, you should do that, you should do that, you should have done that better. If I did meditation and yoga, and I do now, it's become very much a lifestyle thing for me. I started with five seconds was my goal. I couldn't even do that. Five seconds was an eternity. And, and I still do guided meditation. So I'll go on to Gaia, or I will listen to the one you gave me, yoga itself accomplishes the same thing yeah. and I'll just listen to my breathing but I do it now pretty regular and during the day if I'm just having feeling a little overwhelmed I will just close my eyes and I will just do some of those things that the meditations do and it's very prayerful very spiritual I can hear Holy Spirit speaking my spirit and Holy Spirit is more entwined and in communion in these moments than ever before so I think that was just a religious rule that it just doesn't apply anymore. I, it's, it's become meditation for me has just become more of a lifeline in prayer with the way I settle into prayer is more of a going internal and quieting myself and taking command over my spirit and my soul and my body and dedicating those moments to the Lord. And so that has been transformative. I would never have tried that because, again, my religious beliefs probably would have prevented it. And so, by the way, you wrote, and I'll let you continue, but for people that have the same struggle, you, you wrote an essay that we published on my website about that. And I'm going to link it in the show notes for the women that are struggling in the same thing. So, sorry. Yeah, I, I, had, I did. I just put that down in writing for you yeah. just because I felt like there were lots of concepts in the academy that you were presenting. But then I would have to convert them in my mind. Yes. So that it would work for me in a spiritual aspect. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. Is I just changed one and just kind of wrote those out. So I think yoga was a yoga meditation. Matter of fact, with my students, I'm doing meditation with them over this next year. We're doing three or four sessions. And I think it's just something that we all need just, just yes. to kind of manage life. And then another thing would be you're always constantly saying, you know, what glasses are you viewing this from? You know, is this from, from a viewpoint of love or is this a viewpoint of shame and fear? And coming on this podcast today, <laughs> we had this conversation last night. Like, are you good with coming on or are you not? And if you're not, is that because of fear and shame of not being good enough? Or is this out of out of love and, you know, just being kind to yourself and recognizing I have made some improvements and just switching those glasses on and off has been really, really good for me. And I, again, I just use that in all parts of my life. 
everything? Am I interpreting this email from love or shame? Am I just looking at the situation from love or shame? Which direction am I starting with? Because then that will change the outcome. And so that's been a big deal. And so, you know, looking at myself and my eating habits, mm-hmm. looking at my exercise habits. I mean, here's another one is just choosing my exercise from a viewpoint of love or shame. So yoga, for example, is a loving thing I do. Getting on the treadmill and having to be at a certain speed for a certain amount of time is more of a shame thing for me. And I know it's good exercise, but for me, that's the way I used to punish myself for what I ate the previous hour or the previous day. And so I just had to look at what's my motivation in doing these things. And so if I cook for myself on a Sunday, that's out of love. Whereas in the past, if I brought my lunch, that was punishment for eating out in the past. So it's all about the glasses that I'm wearing. And so that came out of the, of the academy for sure. And I think, too, looking at reflections would mm-hmm. be another big one. And so I hate to really admit this, but not only did I judge myself, but I judged everybody else. So there's this big comparometer going on. The whole time and it's like this barometer and it's like okay well here's how I am today today I'm looking pretty cute yeah I'm wearing a cute outfit and I don't look that bad and then the person that walks past me is she above or below is she equal and it's judging myself against this not only a standard that's absolutely insane and impossible but also the standards around me So it's pretty hard when you work in a university environment Mm. because I work in the fountain of youth, basically. I get older every year. They don't. That's a good reflection. All the time. They're 20. It never (laughs) changes. Myself, on the other hand, you know, I'm 10 years older. So I had to kind of look at that too and say, why am I doing that? Where did that begin? And so the journaling exercises and things help with that. And then your program also forced me just to look in the mirror, like physically look in the mirror and and get dressed and and actually look at myself. And and then reflections as I walk by the windows or doors or everything and not judge that. Mm. Just simply say, that's me. Mm -hmm. And that's neither good nor bad. And now I'm trying to go more towards the positive and the judging piece has really changed too. And I'm not hundred percent there yet, but I can tell you that I can look at a crowd or pass somebody in the hallway or in a restaurant. And I actually think the different body types are quite beautiful. Wow. That's a big wow. That's a big wow. Because before I thought if you didn't look like, the standard, whatever that is, you know, like more Hollywood or whatever. If you weren't the standard, then you didn't measure up either. (laughs) I didn't measure up. You didn't measure up. Now I look at it and I feel like it's more of a creative, you know, back to spiritual stuff. Like God created us. And wow, isn't he amazing that we all have these really different body types and I'm seeing them for the first time in my life these body types. And I am really appreciating 
the curves in other people and it's starting to come to me. But I think the comparometer it's like, is, yeah, I think it's kind of going down. Like, what are you going to compare against when you don't have the standard any longer? Mm-hmm. I don't have the standard any longer. So it, there's nothing to really compare. So, so that, was, that was a lot of suffering. Oh, my gosh. It's ridiculous. So you've eliminated a lot of suffering from the different angle, comparison, body image, body confidence, and all of that. The result in your relationship to your body and food, like are you more confident, how do you engage with food, like what is the outcome of eliminating the suffering? Okay, so it's a journey, Yeah. right? It's a journey. I don't eat past full as much as I used to. And the reason why is because it doesn't hold the value that it used to hold. And I know that I can get it again. Mm, The restriction. Yeah. I think I always was being really, 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 really bad today because I'm going to be good tomorrow. Or I deserve this right now. So I'm going to eat this because I'm probably not going to deserve it ever, 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 ever again. Like it was just total insecurity around it's like, I guess, like an abusive relationship. I'm about to get beat up and I'm about to get shamed. I better take this break and do what I want. And I, I just don't have that anymore. If I eat something, I enjoy it. I actually taste it mm-hmm. and I eat it till I'm full and I try to enjoy the people at the table more. Mm. You know, I really try to be more in the moment you know, because I used to be completely gone. I'd be there, but it was all about the food and not about the people. When you describe all of this, it felt like food was your weapon of choice. Yeah, like how to beat yourself up with the food and it hold a lot of value around that. Absolutely. And then that might bring about more purity or might bring about more discipline or something. Mm Mm-hmm. And how are you with your body and the confidence around your body? I was thinking about this, actually. (laughs) I was thinking about, I was shopping for clothes, yeah, which I usually hate to do. But I was thinking about when I was a kid, my mom, I remember having a really hard time buying me clothes because I was chunky. And the only thing we could buy was the, I think it was called Hefty brand or Hefty size for, from the Sears and Robot mail Husky. Order. Husky. Husky. Thank you. Yes. Been there than that. Yeah. And I didn't want to wear that. But I think that's where I learned that if we can find something in your size, we're lucky. You're going to mm-hmm. wear it, whether you like it or not. And we're going to buy every color that mm-hmm. it comes in. Because you're, you're going to, I mean, we found something, yay. You know, it doesn't matter if we like it or not. And so the body image thing has changed a little bit too. I'm trying to wear things that aren't as baggy. I'm trying to put out a belt or buy jewelry you like or shoes you like. Colors besides black and white. Stripes and polka dots are okay. So I think body image is definitely improving. You posted, if I remember, wearing your first sleeveless shirt to work. You live in Texas at 105. I think the day you posted was 105, and you're like, I wore my first sleeveless shirt of my life to work. 
<laughs> that is true. It really was like 105. We were having a heat wave. And normally I will wear long sleeves or even cardigans. I've worn cardigans in the summer. And it was freedom. It was freedom because I put it on and walked out the door and I was comfortable all day. The and benefit was- is in the small things like this, right? Oh, yes. Having the choice to put the sleeveless shirt when you come to work. Like for other women, it's like, what are you talking about? But for us, it's like, you've never gave yourself that permission for 30, 40 years. Oh, I felt like a badass. Like, seriously, I walked out the door. I was like, yeah, I just did this and I am doing it all day long, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And same thing with bathing suit at the pool. Oh, okay. I wore one without a skirt. Because, you know, the skirt yes. floats. It floats. You're in the swimming pool talking to your friends or hanging out, and your skirt is floating on top of the water, you know? And I'm just like, I want to wear an actual bathing suit that doesn't float. Like and the rest of the people in the pool. <laughs> yes, I'm doing it. And I did. And I've learned in the battle is, is totally with me. Nobody ever thought a thing about, they don't think about us as much as we're thinking about us. Nobody knows. My family doesn't know. If they listen to this podcast, they're probably going to be shocked. Like knowing that all this is going on in my brain. But that's what caused the suffering. Right. It's lonely. It's yes. And we eat to cope with the suffering. Right. right? In the same way that others will use alcohol or drugs or whatever, we use food to settle the pain of the suffering we are causing by our expectation. Yes, well said. So if you had one piece of advice that you would give yourself back a year and six months ago before this world entered your life or to the woman listening right now, what would be that one piece of advice? I have the strangest thought. Go for it. (laughs) This is what's coming to mind. I would say, you know, when you go, have you ever been water rafting? Yes. Okay. And when they give you the safety briefing before you get on the boat. Yes. The way you get down the rapids is they say, do not swim. Don't do it. Just roll over and let the current take you. And it will deposit you at the end of the rapids. It'll deposit you to the bank. Don't worry. Just just float. And I think my one piece of advice would be roll over. (laughs) Just roll over. Like, stop. Roll over and let the current take you and deposit you where you need to be. And the current is really mighty. I mean, one thing about the Academy, I would really highly recommend the Academy as the Mm -hmm. first step because there is a lot happening in that current and you're going to hit them with a whole bunch of avenues to explore and learn and heal. And they're not going to all take root at that one time. You can only handle so much at certain points. And so, you know, when I first started the Academy, I wanted to be your best student you've ever had. (laughs) I want you to like me and I wanted the rest of the girls to like me. And I realized in about week two that that just was not going to happen because you give us way more than we can actually do. And that's why you give us the lifetime access so that we can go either do it again and again and again, or like I've done, I've done it more in bits and pieces. 
Yeah. So I'll go back and I'll think, okay, I now see with the glasses, love versus shame or love versus fear. I see what she's saying. I need to put these on. And then I will maybe journal about that for a little bit. And then I might do a post. It's six months past the Academy. Mm -hmm. But that piece is maybe meaningful to me this week or right now. And so I would just say roll over and let the current take you and deposit you where you need to be. And there is a spiritual piece to this, regardless of your beliefs. It doesn't really matter what your beliefs are, which is, it's just our makeup of who we are. You know, we are mm -hmm. mind, soul, spirit, body, all those pieces on the spirit side of things. I think you also need to do the same thing. It's just roll over. Yes. Just roll over and let, let him guide you to where you need to be. That's a beautiful piece of advice. That's a great analogy because the journey we were in felt like the rapid to me. Like it was full of rocks hitting me and I felt like I, I never had control. So that's a beautiful analogy. Yeah. And you know, the striving, I think the striving piece, you know, like just trying to swim in the midst of that. I strived for so long and I never had permanent success. I had temporary success, but it's just such opposite world. Our world says to strive and achieve, but then this process taught me to give that up mm -hmm. and be kind and be loving to myself and accept right where I'm at without any improvement. And who would have thought that would work? And it does. Oh. I'm telling you, ladies on the other side, I'm like, I know, I know that is crazy talk, but it is opposite world. It is. What you're trying to do is you're trying to fix a lot of stuff underneath there. And the rules and regulations aren't going to fix that. And you know it, you know it, you know it, you know it. So I guess just trust that this process can work. And it's very different for every person. And, and you can see it in the Facebook group. Every person's journey is so unique. I can't even imagine from your perspective what this is like. You probably are in awe a lot of the times because there's so much you never intended or you, you have to trust too. You have to trust that God takes all these people. Well, they, you know. yeah, I think nobody's ever asked me this question and I've got the goosebump now. So yeah. So for me, I, I come from the same place as you where control was part of my life, corporate world and achievement. So this program, you listening or doing the program and you, Susan, are teaching me to continue to let go at a next level, like let go of my work and trust that in my case, it's the universe is working through me to deliver this, but the magic is not me that's holding it. The magic is the universe, God, that's holding the truth. And then I'm just a carrier, the voice. Yes. And that teaches me to like go to the next level, right? You're teaching me as much as I'm teaching you. So it's a beautiful relationship. Yeah. It's about the most honest relationship that I could have imagined having with this issue. Mm -hmm. And that's honesty. That's what carry the healing. Without a doubt. And there is mm -hmm. a lot of trust between you and me. Yeah. Even though we don't really know each other very well. No. <laughs> but there is a trust there. So when I enrolled, you know, I kind of gave up the reins again. Mm -hmm. 
and then you assumed them and you, you're very direct and very real. And I think that's what keeps it going. Cause then I continue to give up the reins and then you continue to be honest mm-hmm. and truthful and like, it's a beautiful dance. And then you multiply that times a few hundred people. And it's really interesting. Yeah. And it's uh, love. And it's the, for me, what I'm most grateful for is the trust that you and all the other women are giving me because I know what it means to give up the rain Mm -hmm. because that's huge. It is huge. So to place that trust into me means a lot. I think a lot of us, I mean, you can tell, again, I would encourage anybody to join the Academy because of this one thing is you can tell from everyone else's interactions that, you know, they're just as wounded Mm -hmm. as I was. We all came at it pretty wounded and in really different circumstances, you know, culturally and just so many differences between us all, but we all could definitely identify with each other. Yeah, and I think that's the piece that is surprising. So we do touch on the spiritual element. And there is a lot of different background, like you, like me, like other religion. But the truth is, this is a neutral space, because at the end of the day, it that force may have a name depending on the religion, but it's all love. That's what unites all the different belief, right? Yes. But we need to be connected to that, whatever the name of that belief is, so we can recover and go beyond the food. Absolutely, yes. And I think we're going to end it there because I know you have a meeting to go to. And I do. <laughs> it's already been 40 minutes, and I wanted to intentionally keep that short to touch more women. So anything else you would like to add before we close? I think I would just say that healing is possible. And if you are without hope, then you don't need to be without hope any longer than the next minute. It's just life's too short. It's too precious. And there really is healing available for you. And just the fact that you're listening, I don't even believe in coincidence. Like there yeah. is coincidence. So, Hey, you're listening. You've been set up. So just roll over and do it. That's what I say. Thank you very much for your time and your ability to share. And I know that was part of your healing coming here, right. And sharing, right. That's part of it. (laughs) So thank you very much for doing that. And I know that's going to help you. And I'm going to end it here. And I'll come back with the conclusion in a bit. Thank you, Susan. Thanks. Bye. Wasn't it a profound storytelling? I am so proud, so proud of the community the powerhouse of women that we have, just like Susan, people that are willing to bear themselves naked, sink in the knowledge, practice with us as a community, and come out on the other side with this powerful story of transformation that will impact many hundreds and thousands of other women. So what are you waiting for? If that's you, you're hesitant. I think the message that Susan gave us was pretty straightforward. Let yourself be carried by the river. Roll over. Stop controlling everything. Come and join us. 
I'm blessed, and Susan asked me a very powerful question at the end of the interview. I'm blessed to be able to do this work, to be able to guide women like Susan, Jessica, Erin. You'll hear more in the rest of the month, those women that are in a place in their life where I was and are willing to be led in this beautiful river that is healing. So thank you to Susan. Thank you for you listening. We have a great episode coming up on Sunday. This is our regular broadcast and it's me back on my own. And I'm going to be talking about weight loss. The title of the episode is So You Want to Lose Weight. And I am going to be talking about weight loss and what you need to consider if you are chasing weight loss, facts and evidence. It's kind of a second part to the episode we did with our health at every size expert. It's my take on health at every size and what I see in my program and my students. So you want to stay tuned for that and come and meet us on that episode. I love you ladies, and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode. Do you wish your relationship to food and perhaps your body was easier? Do you wish you could make peace with food and your body? Most women will describe the state of being as having food freedom. And likely you've tried potentially everything to get there. And you are certain that something is seriously wrong with you. Maybe you're thinking that more restriction has to be the solution. I get it. And trust me, I've been there too for almost 27 years. You see, what most struggling women never ever realize is that how you engage with food in your body has little to do with food itself. Sadly, most women rely on outdated strategy like restriction and willpower and discipline as their solution. Things like the black and white mindset, the diet pills, the cheat day to control their urges. But you and I know that has nothing to do with food freedom. So that's why I want to share with you the assessment that I use in my clinic with my one-on-one client to identify what is holding them back from food freedom. And quite frankly, it's different from anything you've done before. I've created the food freedom score, this assessment tool to give you an idea of where you should be focusing on. During this quiz, I'm going to take you through 10 simple yes or no questions that will allow you to assess the sticky point with your relationship with food and your body. Plus, I'll coach you at the end on specific steps you need to take to move forward to get your food freedom. So if you're ready to step into a new version of yourself and create a new relationship with food in your body, head over to stephaniedoze.com slash quiz and I'll see you on the other side.